This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! It's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Brewers on Tap Hot Stove. Of course, a lot to discuss because it's been a busy last week plus. Of course, a week ago at this time, the Brewers were in the midst of the MLB winter meetings, and the winter meetings were a frenzy for basically every team in baseball. And the Brewers were able to get in on the action as well with the announcement during the winter meetings that the Brewers had come to terms with right-handed pitcher Josh Lindblom, who, of course, had spent uh, the majority of his last four years or so uh, in the Korean baseball organization, a couple of different teams in Korea. His last two years, though, in Korea, flat-out dominant, and that is one of the reasons why he is back with a guaranteed deal in Major League Baseball, and the Brewers able to be that team to get him under contract and make him a part of their rotation. Now, when he has been in the big leagues before, and Josh Lindblom broke into the big leagues at the age of 24 with the Dodgers clear back in 2011, he pitched as recently as 2017 in the big leagues. He made four appearances for the Pirates that season. But for the most part, 2011 to 2014, that's the bulk of his experience at the big league level. Only six starts uh, over the course of that time in 110 appearances. So primarily a reliever, his first go-round in Major League Baseball, he's going to be in the Brewers' rotation in 2020, and that's what he was in Korea. And boy, did he have a lot of success. He essentially won the Korean version of the Cy Young Award each of the last two years. Um, for Josh Lindblom. Great guy, 32 years old. He'll turn 33 in the middle of the season this coming year. Uh, great family. He was in Milwaukee over the weekend and then introduced to the media on Monday. And uh, this is a guy with a lot of perspective. He clearly was attracted to the Brewers and their family first kind of feel, the, the culture that they have. He was very drawn to that. And he is a guy that believes that the Brewers can help him reach an even better level. And he's adaptable. And that's something that David Stearns talked a little bit about. They like the fact that uh, Josh Lindblom went in there and he found something. And he was able to continue to grow as a pitcher while he was in Korea. Now, when he was a stateside, he was a fastball slider guy. What he's done as a starter is he's added a splitter, and it's a good swing and miss pitch, as splitters tend to be. He has pretty good feel for it, although he will admit to you, and you'll hear from him coming up a little bit later on in the podcast, that he's never really totally comfortable with it. And I don't know that I've ever heard a, a guy that throws a splitter say they're really comfortable with it. That's part of the appeal of a splitter is it's a little bit unpredictable, and it's hard to barrel up, obviously, because 
of the movement uh, that uh, is involved in the pitch and the way it just drops off the plate. But uh, Josh Lindblom is excited about this opportunity with the Brewers. And again, we're going to talk to him coming up in just a little bit. Also for the Brewers, other uh, deals announced over the weekend. Uh, Brett Anderson was announced on Friday as the Brewers had uh, signed him to a one-year deal. Brett Anderson spent last season and the year prior with the Oakland A's. Now, he's had an interesting career. Uh, Brett Anderson, also a, a veteran, 31 years old. He'll turn 32 uh, before the season actually begins. Uh, but the last time the Brewers really saw Brett Anderson, it was with Oakland this past year out in Oakland when Lorenzo Cain took him deep to lead off the game, but he pitched really well from there. Anderson had a good year last year with the A's. He made 31 starts through 176 innings, had a 3.89 ERA. Now, the Brewers need to replace innings in that rotation. Zach Davies is gone. Chase Anderson is gone, and the Brewers... Uh, also don't have Gio Gonzalez uh, in the mix right now. So Brett Anderson with 176 innings last year. If he can do that again, that would certainly be a big deal for the Brewers. A 3.89 ERA for Brett Anderson. He's a veteran. Uh, he has spent 11 years in the big leagues. He has made, over the course of his career, 176 starts. Um, a lot of time with the A's from 2009 through 2013 and then came back to them in 2018 and 2019. Now, the 176 in terms of innings, that was by far the most since 2015 when he threw 180 innings for the LA Dodgers and pitched to a 369 ERA. He had not really been healthy um, after the 2015 season, had a really rocky 2016 injury-shortened season, only made four appearances that year. 2017 then, he looked for that bounce back, uh, thought he was going to get healthy and, and get things right in 2017, but uh, the Cubs signed him. He was a part of their rotation. You'll remember he struggled, uh, only made six starts with them before the Cubs moved on. He landed with the Blue Jays. Made seven starts for them. Did not have great results in Toronto either. And then in 2018, he ended up with the A's, and he started to find something, started to find a little bit more success, made 17 starts for them, and then, of course, had the, the nice year last year, one of his better years as a big leaguer. So he figures to be kind of a stable left-handed uh, force in the middle of that rotation for the Brewers, and uh, it does definitely replace some innings, as does Eric Lauer, who came back in that Zach Davies-Trent Grisham trade along with Luis Urias. And then, of course, Josh Lindblom figures to replace a lot of those innings. So the Brewers really feel like right now, if the season started today, that they're in pretty decent shape from a rotation standpoint. They would not close the door on the right deal if um, somebody came uh, up available in a trade opportunity or from a free agent signing. There's still a lot of pitchers left on the market. I don't think the Brewers are going to close the door on anything like that. And I wouldn't be shocked if they look at some minor league deals as well with invites to big league camp from some veteran type of guys looking to, to continue their careers also. I think all those things are probably still in play for the Brewers. But I don't think the sense of urgency is there quite like it was maybe two or three weeks ago for the Brewers where they knew, wait, we got to go replace a bunch of innings. Now they feel like they're, for the most part, covered. You want about eight starters right now. Um, the Brewers probably in a pretty similar position to uh, that right now. You would look at Brandon Woodruff. You would look at Adrian Hauser. You would look at Eric Lauer 
Josh Lindblom, Brett Anderson. Those would be your primary suspects right now for the Brewers' rotation. Um, but then you have guys like Freddie Peralta, uh, Corbin Burns uh, that could potentially slot in. Brent Suter obviously can make starts for you also. Um, so the Brewers are in pretty decent shape right now from a depth standpoint, but I wouldn't be shocked if you see a couple more names pop up before the offseason is all said and done from a starting pitching standpoint. And then maybe the biggest news in terms of name and, and kind of um, excitement is Aviseal Garcia, uh, Mini Miggy, as has been his nickname since he first came up with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, still young, still just 29 years of age. Uh, reports have him signing a two-year deal with the Brewers. And Garcia, I should say, came up with Detroit uh, with the, the nickname Mini Miggy and then moved on to the Chicago White Sox and had some really good success with the White Sox. 2017, a big year for uh, VCL Garcia. A 330 average. He hit 18 home runs, and he drove in 80. Now, he does strike out a little bit. He does not walk a lot. But when he makes contact, it's typically hard contact. He barrels the ball a lot. He has very easy power. Of course, last year he spent that one year with Tampa Bay. Had a big impact for them. A 282 average at the plate. 20 home runs, 72 driven in. Uh, an OPS just shy of 800, which is a very uh, good place to be. Anywhere above 800, you feel pretty good about. And he's a pretty good defender. Uh, he, he will play above average defense in right field. He can play some center. He can play some left. So now the Brewers have Ryan Braun in left. They have Lorenzo Cain in center. They have Christian Yelich in right. And they got Avesiel Garcia, who they can move around uh, throughout that outfield. But also, does this set up? some innings for Ryan Braun at first base. I think the the common uh, understanding is that, yeah, it does. I don't think that Ryan Braun's going to be the Brewers' primary first baseman. I think they'll find at bats for all these guys, and uh, they'll keep guys fresh and give guys days off. Braun uh, needs some days off once in a while anyway. Lorenzo Cain probably would benefit from some extra days off also. And remember, Christian Yelich is coming back off of an injury, so especially early on in the season. Maybe there's a few extra off days for him just from a precautionary standpoint, if anything else. I mean, he's full go, and he's going to be ready to go at the beginning of spring training, and I don't think he's going to want days off because that's not how he's wired. But it might be one of those things where you give him some extra days off just to make sure that everybody's fresh and healthy early in the season. But Garcia is a guy that's going to bring a lot of power. He is a right-handed bat, and uh, he'll be interesting. Uh, to see how he fits into this uh, lineup for the Brewers and how Craig Council juggles all these bats. But that's a good problem to have. We talked about it going into the 2018 season. That worked itself out. This one will do the same thing. And the Brewers aren't done yet. They're probably going to be, they almost have to add, a third baseman and a first baseman before the season begins. Um, so there's at least a little bit more work to do for this group before it is all said and done. Okay, so that's getting you caught up on all the deals that have been made. Now let's listen in on Josh Lindblom, who I had a chance to catch up with after his press conference on Monday. What a fun guy. He's going to be, a, I think, a fan favorite. I think he is going to be well-received in the Milwaukee community. And I had a chance to sit down with him and talk to him about coming back stateside after being in Korea so much over the last four to five years. Brewers on Tap continues with Josh Lindblom, the newest member of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations. You said during your press conference that when you decided to go to Asia, it wasn't necessarily with the MLB 
in mind down the road, but it's turned out that way. And I know you're probably thrilled to be back stateside and to be in the Midwest. Yeah, we're, you know, being from the Midwest, uh, we're very excited to be, be in Milwaukee, my family and I, excited to just be a part of the community, uh, meet my teammates, meet my coaches, and it's a very exciting time for us. You had unbelievable success, specifically over the last two years in the KBO. You're, you've already gotten this question a million times. You're going to get it a million more times throughout spring training and throughout next season, but um, you, you did add a pitch. The splitter was something that you developed. What else changed for you? What else were you able to find and really focus on to, to fine-tune to get yourself to the point that you're at? Yeah, going, going over there, I knew that if I wanted any opportunity to come back, uh, I had to be the best. And that wasn't just okay. That wasn't just um, treading water. I, I had to be substantially better than everybody else. So that was kind of the, the goal, the ultimate goal. But uh, just, you know, refining my command, commanding my fastball uh, got a lot better. Um, those command numbers improved. And then just seeing how my pitch mix worked the best, uh, how I could get hitters out the most most consistently and, and the quickest. So refining that um, just, just daily, just trying to get better each and every day. You mentioned that you developed a splitter. That's obviously a really difficult pitch to, to master. It takes a lot yeah. of work and a lot of feel, but it is a great swing and miss yeah. pitch if you can get it going. What was the key for you to getting comfortable with it, and how long did you have to work with it in the bullpen before you got to the point where you said, all right, let's go? I, you know, I don't know that I'm completely comfortable with it yet. Uh, and I think that's kind of with every pitch. Uh, it is a harder pitch to throw uh, just because it's, there's a lot more volatility to the ball um, because there isn't as much spin. You're killing spin. So the ball can do a number of different things. And, you know, from day to day, it feels different, just like any of your other pitches. So just being consistent with it, um, throwing it, working on it. Um, so that way on days it does feel different, you have kind of a backup plan to find it. You know, if you don't have it in the first, second inning, being able to kind of audible and, and find it later in the game. What will you do from now until spring training? Obviously there, there's physical things mm -hmm. that you will do. Um, but now that you're back in Major yeah. League Baseball, and you've talked about wanting to kind of get this out of the way early, yeah. getting signed so you can start to get yourself acclimated, how much work will you do on the mental side of things, preparing for what you're going to see now, how much different the hitters are, guys within the division, lineups mm -hmm. within the division? Will you do a lot of kind of inventory checks on those types of things? Um, you know, I think that most of that will, will come in spring training. Yeah. Uh, once we st I start facing hitters, um, once I start sitting down, you know, with kind of the, the scouting department and, and seeing some of those guys, seeing how my stuff plays. Mm -hmm. um, but for now, it's just it's refining everything that I have. It's, you know, working with the, the development staff here, um, working at home, you know, collaborating on that and trying to trying to just fine tune just a little bit, just uh, just one percent better each day. Chris Hook, of course, has a really good reputation as a very analytical mind, but also he can implement that from a from a fundamental standpoint too, from a mechanic standpoint. How excited are you to work with him and, and of course, Craig Council yeah. and just the, the overall culture they've developed yeah. here too? You've talked about that already. Yeah, I talked about that earlier is that guys are acquired, they come here and they get better. Yeah. And that was something that really drew me here is that I don't feel like I'm done getting better. I feel like there's still work to be done. And in this day and age... You know, f five years ago, maybe teams would have thought that my development was finished. But the development process now is no longer viewed that way, is that guys can still continue to get better. Guys can 
their age can get up there and they can still refine and change. Um, and that's something that drew me to this organization. So I'm, you know, I'm very excited to work with, with Chris, uh, you know, Steve Carse in the bullpen, um, just with the, the whole team and see, get their input on what they think and, you know, have me bounce some ideas off of them and really, really get to work. When you go overseas, it's a different culture, different language. There's all sorts of different things that you're adjusting to, and it really causes you to be adaptable. Even if you're not, when you go over there, when you come back, you're going to have a different type of adaptability. How much better of a player does that make you mentally for having gone through all yeah. of that? Yeah, you. so you are your pitching coach yeah. over there. Uh, the, the pitching coaches, the coaches kind of leave you alone unless you go to them. So uh, there was a lot of Googling to figure stuff out. Um, a lot of YouTubing to figure stuff out. But you have to know yourself as a pitcher, as a person, as a player. Uh, you have to have an inventory of um, what's going right, what's going wrong, places that you need to be in your delivery or um, you know your, your mental state or your physical preparation. So I've got a lot of those processes kind of mapped out now to know myself better. And that's something that was inv it's invaluable to becoming a better player because a lot of guys I feel like they don't know who they are as a pitcher coming back now I know who I am I know what's made me successful and like I you know we've talked about it's just continuing to refine that and get better well, Josh we appreciate you giving us some time congratulations on what's a great day for you yeah. and your family and I think you're really going to enjoy Milwaukee yeah, we're, we're very excited very excited so thank you Okay, thank you so much to Josh Lindblom. This has been fun. I have a feeling we're going to be bringing some more hot stoves to you over the course of the next couple of weeks as the Brewers continue to try to get that roster set before spring training begins. It's getting closer, folks. When we get back from the holidays, you're going to blink, and it's going to be sunshine in Arizona, and you're going to be listening to us on the radio, and then it's going to be March 26th, and the season's going to get underway against the Chicago Cubs. How fun is this? Baseball, it's getting closer. Have a great one, everybody. I'm Lane Brindle. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.